0: marvelous makers
1: and art appreciators
0: to the art space podcast
1: brought to you by lemon street gallery and art space
0: located at 4601 sheridan road
1: stop on by (laughs) your favorite citrus themed art gallery and peruse our wares and talk to the friendly smiling faces you will inevitably find here
0: yeah and i'm your host shelby nesmith
1: and i'm jake hoy
0: and today's wonderful guest is one of my many, many bosses, um, <laughs> uh, the naked man himself, Joseph Ignary. <laughs>
1: Hi, <laughs> welcome.
0: Um, uh, he's a figure model, um, so he has posed over um, at 500. with he five. He has posed with 50. Um, university instructors. Um, He has posed at multiple locations such as like UW Parkside, uh, uh, Carthage. Um, So he's got a rap sheet of posing uh, everywhere. Um, He is also the owner of Draw Joseph Studio um, located in 16th Street Studios. Uh, Draw Joseph Studio is a wonderful, wonderful wonderland uh, for figure art. So
1: it's almost like you've said that stuff before.
0: Yeah, it's like um, (laughs) I know him very, very well.
1: (laughs) Yes, just a little
2: bit.
0: (laughs) Just a touch.
2: How did you guys first meet? (laughs) Uh, Well, it was kind of like karma because I was in need very much of somebody who was really good at IT, but also had a complementary skill of being a photographer. And so she was recommended to me by a friend And a mutual friend of ours, and I said to that friend, tell Shelby this. She had never met me before. And I said, tell Shelby (laughs) this. Is she interested in having someone come into her life that is going to change her life? And that was her introduction to this weird guy named Joseph, (laughs) who's doing this weird thing called uh, life modeling. And uh, there ain't a lot of people around who do it. And I wanted to make something out of it. And I needed help. And so we met, I think we met at Gateway Restaurant.
0: Yep, Gateway Cafe.
2: And we talked about my vision and what is happening to me in my life. And uh, from there, she has been my... Go to gal, every time something breaks, every time I need to do something, I say, Shelby, I'll send her a text in the middle of the night saying something's broke. She's a fixer. (laughs) Yes. Either my email or my uh, accounts for PayPal or Venmo or you name it.
0: I'm the go to gal. Um. Yeah, she
2: fixes it. (laughs) And she's also a Joseph artist. Anybody who ever draws me, I call them a Joseph artist. Oh, okay. Uh, An interesting thing, a tidbit, is that um, whenever an artist comes to me, as they often do, and say, well, I just don't draw from the figure. If I draw you from the figure, then I'm going to end up drawing you like a stick man, Mm -hmm. and I hope that's okay. And I will invariably ask back, what kind of art do you do? And then I say, make a Joseph. In that kind of art, Shelby is a Joseph artist because she actually made this fabulous needle point and it hangs right above our desks at the studio. Yeah, and uh, that's
1: a really cool piece. We're going to share an image so everybody listening can hear or can see. It's really (laughs) beautiful, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) yeah,
2: it's really cool. I love the colors.
0: Oh, well, thank you.
2: So, I always encourage every artist. I'll I'll tell you another tidbit that's along the same lines. I had uh, an artist come and had never drawn before. And she was kind of like apologizing for what she was making. This Mm -hmm. is just a week ago. And uh, I went through uh, the uh, Art Roots in Racine and invited everybody to come over and a couple of them took me up on it. And she came and she drew and she says, I'm not really a figure artist, I write poetry. Mm. She's a part of Bonk and everything that's going on in the poetry scene in Racine. And I said, then do me a favor, come back and I will pose for you and I'll talk, because I always talk philosophically a mm-hmm. lot about posing. And I said, and while you're sitting there and experiencing me giving artists a pose, write, use your art and make a Joseph and say, this is what I'm seeing and this is what I'm feeling and I'm inspired by this moment. Yeah, Because figure art is different than every other part of the arts community. In every part of the arts community, artist comes to this challenge of creating something culturally out of their talent and out of their view of the world. And they succeed or they don't, and people like it or they don't, but for the most part, it's that person up against the edge of the envelope of their own talents. When you talk about figure art, it's different. Mm -hmm. There's two people involved on either side of the... On either side of the easel is a beating heart, and both of them have to come with the craft in mind. The model has to hold good poses and has to let the artist see. The artist has to look and try to capture that information. They work together, and in between them, a piece of art is born that is is imprinted by both of them. Both of them were present in this piece's creation, and it can't happen in any other way other than those two human beings coming together. So when you see a beautiful piece of figure art, you understand that there was an artist, just like every other piece of art you look at. But also understand that there was a model. Mm. There was a human being there, too. Right. And it's like, ah, that's my craft. That's my art. And, uh, and that's why we have you here today. <laughs> yes, yes. So go ahead, ask me any questions, and I'll tell you the whole story. Well, I, I think
1: it's interesting that you have... I've heard a couple different ways that you've referred to what you do. You you called it figure...
2: Uh, uh, figure... Figure, figure posing and life modeling. Life and, modeling. That and was the nude one that modeling s- stuck out and, to me.
1: And what, what do you think is the difference between figure modeling and... I know you just talked about what figure is, but like the life modeling. What do you, what do you really think makes... I, I like that phrase. Why
2: did that phrase come yeah. about? Uh, just speaking semantically, it's the difference between a vase and a vase. Okay. And it's it's just your approach and your viewpoint. However, I think that life modeling, it may have had some of its origins in softening and, and saying that, well, we're not we're not naked. We're not nude. We're not, you know, the words that are catchphrase, especially in a culture that is is a little bit uptight about right. nudity. Uh, So it may have come around as a softer version of saying it, but I think it also came about and it stuck because what an artist wants is real people, real bodies that are going through real life, not 116 pounds starving, beautiful cover of Vogue or cover of Playboy model. They want the waitress. They want the, I brought a, a, one of my proteges recently is a 76 year old defense attorney named Walter. And he did great. And he had great fun. He was in art at Carthage as I was once upon a time. And he said, I'd always thought what it would be like to do that. And Mm -hmm. he actually did it. He posed. Some people say to me, Joseph, I can't, pose because i'm not a 24 year old hard body and i say look (laughs) i'm 64 years old and i'm i'm a little chunky right now because i ain't been walking like i should and if you think this is a 24 year old hard body that comes out of the robe you got another thing i'm not sure it was a hard body when i was 24. (laughs) mine neither (laughs) but that's what the artists want they want real life they want and so what you're what they're drawing in essence is Yes, it's lines and shapes and shadows, but they're also looking for the color of the person, their personality, their yeah. spiritual aura, their, pre- their presentation. And every model, especially around life modeling circles, they're just regular people. And they come to the dais and they take a risk. They come out of the rope. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little quiet. So, no, I've no, heard this.
2: Okay. She's <laughs> heard my spiels, all of them. Yeah. I'll take the lead, no problem. <laughs> Go ahead, ask um, a well, question. So what got you into modeling? Okay. My first, <laughs> mo- in, kids. My, my first modeling experience, it, 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 I, I have to back up a little bit in order to explain this. Otherwise, you won't understand it correctly. Um, I have, you, you see me as dramatic. I've done a lot of stage work. I'm very dramatic. But in a very real sense, what I'm doing now, even in this moment, is I am acting. When I was young, when I was in sixth grade, I was very severely bullied. And I remember telling my pa, hey, pa, they're beating me up. And he said, go back to school and pretend it doesn't bother you. And they'll lose interest. So I went back to school and I pretended it it didn't didn't bother me. Uh, They didn't stop. It didn't work. But something else happened, and that was that I put on a character on the outside of me. I put on a mask, and the mask protected me. And so long after the bullies were gone, I still knew I could act. And if I could stop you from seeing the bleeding, then you didn't get the pleasure of making the wound. So I was somehow safe, maybe not safe, but at least in control of my own destiny. I became a therapist in my adult life and that helped me sort out a little bit what was the bully's baggage and what was mine. But I always didn't think of myself as an attractive person. I was the loser who should stand on the wall. You're not one of the beautiful people. You're not as good as us. And so I thought of myself as unattractive all my life. Mm -hmm. Now I start doing art and I start doing theater and I discovered something in theater. When you go on the stage and you put on a costume, this is very much like what I just described, surviving bullying as a child, is that we learn to wear things on the outside. And I could go on stage and did it, I think, over 30 times. Uh, One of my favorite characters was Moonface Martin, public enemy number 13. And Moonface Martin, he believed in himself and he got the girls too and he believed he deserved them. And when I was on stage as Moonface Martin, I believed in that too. The feelings I were feeling was they were authentic. The problem existed that they were authentic to Moonface and not to Joseph, and when I took off the costume and I took off the makeup and the audience has gone home, then I was back to Joseph who stands on the wall with an L on his forehead because he's not one of the beautiful people. I need to take a drink.
1: Please do. No, it's it's. It, I think we all have maybe not everybody, but I know I certainly have feel, feelings in my life of I'm I'm worthless. I'm I'm a loser. That kind of stuff. So yeah, to 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 know that you have a place you can go that that fixes that or or provides you some relief, maybe that's powerful
2: okay so back to the narrative here i am i'm an artist i did i went to carthage college we actually have a picture up here in the studio of a self-portrait i did of myself in 1994 so i did like art and i would go every once in a while and i would draw at artworks when they were across the street from marina garden and chet would have a tuesday night draw in the basement and i he would say hey joseph I'd come and draw, and he'd say, "Joseph, you're you're a uh, actor. You should do this. I need male models. I have a hard. I can get gals, but I have a hard time getting guys to do this." And I said, "Yeah, Chet, <laughs> I'm an actor, but when I act on the stage, I get to wear a costume. Yeah. <laughs> I get to wear makeup. I get to, and most importantly, I get to wear a character. Right. That isn't Joseph." Mm-hmm. I said, "I don't know if I can do this." I don't know if I can. I even went on the schedule once, but then I chickened out, and I said, "Take me off the schedule. <laughs> take me off the schedule." I like to come and draw once in a while, uh, but I don't know that I could do modeling myself. For the last six years of my father's life, he was a quadriplegic, and of the family, there was a. I came from a big Italian family. There's nine kids. Wow. I was the I was the social worker. I was the one who had experience with hospice and nursing homes. So when he became a quadriplegic, I took over his cares. And for the most part, I was stuck there. I stopped doing theater because I couldn't say to a director like Doug up at uh, Racine Theater, I couldn't say, I'm gonna make all your dates because if my CNA doesn't show up, I can't turn to a quadriplegic and say, I'll be back in five hours after no. I do this show. Yeah. Well, all I could do was was draw and once in a while I would go draw at Chet's and that was, that was my release. Uh, and, and then I didn't know what I was going to do after my pa passed in 2015 in March. And so I was like, oh, I don't know what to do, but I think I will do some theater. So I got in a show at Racine Theater Guild. I auditioned that summer and it played in September. It was the first show of the slate and it was called Calendar Girls. And Calendar Girls was a story of these little, a true story of these little British ladies who made a calendar where one of the lady's husbands died of cancer and she wanted to, to uh, she was so mad and she wanted to do something to express all this grief and this anger. And so she talked her friends into it, the, the coffee clutch or whatever, the little ladies thing, to let's do it. Let's do a calendar. And it's a true story that all they were going to do is get a couch for the visiting room for the family room. And they made gajillions of dollars. They became <laughs> sensationally famous. They made a movie. Helen Muir played the lead and they were doing it now at Racine Theatre Guild and mm. I got in the cast. Nice. Doug Instan is the director. He made a call. He says, hey, we're doing this show. We could make our own calendar. Well, you got to, right? <laughs> so I'm one of the cast and everybody, I mean, look at the front of this calendar. It's wow. almost uh, just uh, dozens of volunteers and That's I came lot. down there one night, uh, we did it. Uh, we had the shot that I was in, it was in the lobby. And they would, we, all the guys got our clothes off and we put something strategically placed in front of the bitty bits. And then they took a picture and then we all got our clothes on and went down in the green room and the girls all came up and took off their clothes and then got in the, uh, the places that were empty. And then after all those pictures were taken, they were, they were Photoshopped together. That's why you have mixed company, everybody's naked. And they made this whole calendar. Here, pass this down to Jake. Uh, See
0: naked Joseph. <laughs>
2: and I brought this calendar to Chet. And I said, hey, Chat, would you support the Racine Theater Guild and buy one of these here calendars? Look, I'm in November. That's me over on the That's right side. See? And uh, he goes to me. He says, oh, you can pose for the Racine Theater <laughs> Guild, hey. but you can't pose for my life drawing class. Oh. And I said, put me on the schedule. There you go. And he did for a week later. September 29th, 2015, and I was terrified. Ooh. I was afraid. I had a roommate. His name was Matt Specht. He's a good friend of mine, uh, and he's done a lot of theater. We got That's how we got to know each other in the theater, and I, I came home and I said, hey, Matt, I'm, I'm going to do it. He said, what are you going to do? <laughs> I said, I'm going to pose at Tuesday Night Open Draw down at Artworks for Chet. I said, and it's only cost $7 and it's open to the public. So for $7, you can come down and draw me, but please don't. <laughs> he did the same thing. He laughed at me and he said, Joseph, I've lived with you for three years. I've seen you naked. What's the big deal? And I said to him, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. I don't. The dais is a little tiny rectangle. It's not a big place, but it is a stage. hmm And if I was gonna go model, that meant I had to get up on that stage under lights, and I have no moon face, Martin. I have no character. I have no script. I have no movement, even. My college education doesn't mean a lick. Anything I've accomplished, anything I'm hoping for, anything I'm afraid of, none of it matters. All that I have to give is this body that i happen to think is ugly joseph doesn't like pictures joseph doesn't like mirrors and i didn't know if i was gonna go up there and come out of my robe and two minutes later have to pull that robe right back over those same shoulders and saying i'm sorry you guys the art to the artist i I can't do this i didn't know if on the dais I was going to meet the bullies that had dogged me all my life, that I'd been running away from forever, the ones that said I was not as good as them and that I was not one of the beautiful people. And I thought, perhaps on the dais, I'm going to have to do battle again with them. And uh, I didn't have any heart for that. So I was prepared for anything. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. They said I was a deer in the headlights. Uh, 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 I would screech involuntarily because I would think of the, what I was going to do, and I would go, oh, because I was just like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I did it. I went there, and I came out of my robe, and I stepped into some new place. All my life I'd been running away, and everything in my that day told me not to do this, don't do this, run away again. And I didn't. And I went up there, and all I had to give was the thing I thought I had least value: my body. And I felt absolute, it was like Alice through the looking glass. I was in some new energy land. It wasn't that the bullies' messages failed there, it was that the bullies ceased. To exist there, I was in some new place. My whole universe was tilting on its axis. Things were changing that had been four decades in the making. And I was free. John Terhart, one of my favorite Joseph artists, he was there that first night. And he says, I kept my eyes closed during every pose. I don't remember. I got my baby pictures up on my studio wall that he drew of me. And they they, they all have closed eyes. I think maybe he just wasn't drawing eyes. But, <laughs> but I don't remember. It doesn't matter. All I do know is that I was... It was literally like you were dipping me in Quicksilver. It was, I was energized, I was feeling healed, I was feeling free. I was feeling like I feel when I Moonface Martin, only I was still Joseph. Yeah. I wasn't just Joseph, I was NJ, I was naked Joseph <laughs> with bitty bits hanging out and I didn't care with my square butt and I didn't care with my big beer belly gut and I didn't care with my marijuana boobies and I didn't care, it was me <laughs> As I am. It's like I said, artists want you as you are. Yeah. Now, here's the piece de resistance. This story is not done. Okay. I put my robe back on and I looked. And you see some of this art that I have out here on the table that mm-hmm. I brought for you to see. These are all different artists that draw me. And I looked at them and every single one is me, whether they did watercolor, or whether they did pastel or whether they did oils or whether they did charcoal or whether they did pencil or whether they did. I had one that made me into mandala. I have this wonderful that Shelby made is it needlepoint. <laughs> I have somebody who's going to make me into words. They're me. They're all me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and they're beautiful. <laughs> they are so how can I not be one of the beautiful people? I think you answered the question right there. Yeah, you are. And so in that moment, I went up to, I went up after the draw, I think we were making $9 an hour, two and a half hours. So that's 18. Yeah. I think it was $22 and 50 (laughs) cents. I went up to chat and what I was thinking was my life had just changed. It was a, it was a moment, I don't, there aren't many moments in life like that, where all of a sudden you recognize something significant, it just happened, Right. you just, something just changed for you. And I was trembling and I was holding out my hands and I wanted to say to him, Chet, the universe just moved. (laughs) And he started putting money in my hands. (laughs) I said, they're going to pay me. They're going to pay me to do this. Oh my goodness. And I said, I know what I'm going to do the rest of my life. I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to do. I had a goal uh, at one point in time of posing a thousand sessions. How many do I got now, Shall we? 1,179, I yep. think. <laughs> 1,179 <laughs> times I've done it. Now, think about this just for a second. Let me digress. It's an average of 10 artists, which is probably conservative because I've done a lot of university classes and they tend to be 16, 18, 20 students so if i've posed 1179 times that means i've been drawn by 11,790 artists doing wow. an average of 5 pieces easier, each mean that there is something like 60 to 70,000 pieces of art that have come into existence from my poses wow. some of which you see in front of you here yeah mm-hmm. and here's the thing about it People see that I have a big collection of art, that I that I keep all this art, and I love it, and I frame it, and I put it up in a gallery, and it's like, how do I understand that? How do I understand what appears on its surface to be incredibly narcissistic, that someone would have so many pieces of art of themselves? I mean, yeah, maybe you have your portrait done and you hang it in the living room. Somebody might even have a couple of pictures that they frame from their vacations, but who has four hundred and what is it now? Four
0: hundred and fifty-four. Four
2: hundred and fifty-four framed pieces of art of themselves. And here's the explanation, having told you my story. The artists are my medicine. In their art, I have a way finally to look at me and see my own beauty. I always looked at me and saw ugly the art is not just art to me it's medicine and every time i help someone make another piece of art i'm extending the legacy and every time they give me a piece of art back and my collection grows i become even farther into this new land that i've discovered and the old things fall away and i am free and I, I always tell everybody, I said, if you're unfortunate enough to die after me, which means you are going to end up at my funeral, please, everybody, everybody say the same thing. Life modeling made him happy. What I'm going to say on my tombstone, it's going to say, Joseph is not dead. He's just doing a really long pose.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so I, 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 love, I love the art. The art is, is everything to me. I believe in uh, 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 figure art can exist everywhere. People don't understand that. Everybody knows about figure art because right. of the Titanic. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knows Kate Winslet got completely and down to her bitty bits in front of Draw me Leonardo DiCaprio. Like yeah, <laughs> and she went out on the, the the divan or what are they called? The long the, the long chase. the chase chase lounge, chase lounge. and uh, and uh, the, she was painted there. What most people don't understand is that. Almost every community in the country, there's there's people practicing figure art. Uh, some are doing it online. There's community draws down the street at the university. There's, there's a, a life art that goes on uh, drawing 101 classes at Carthage, at Parkside, at UW-Whitewater. Um, in Milwaukee, all over the place, Alverno College, Mount Mary College, MYAD, UW-Milwaukee, Brookfield, it's got the Wilson Center out there, and a couple more universities, UW-Waukesha, the extensions out there, they're all doing... So it's happening all around us, but most people only know of it as a... As a fluke of something from a movie or they think they go to the street in Paris and you're going to see the David statue and there's a naked male in a statue or you go into the museums and there's women, you know, laying out.
1: It's like inaccessible in that sense, but really it's much more normal and and it's happening and all it the happens place. all over the place and you've been to a lot of these different places to to mm-hmm. do modeling is there any unusual places you've been or exceptional in your mind
2: well uh, one of the one of the ones that you have on there right now is from a- that that you that you farmed mm-hmm. from the social media was at uh, in columbus at uh, aj vanderelli the vanderelli room And that's me in a pose with her piece right there. And that piece right now is at Chet's. I want to give a plug to Chet, by the way. Please do. Chet at Artworks is, he's a, a, the pencilarium, you can see I'm wearing a, a pencilarium shirt. He has all (laughs) kinds of pencils. If you draw and you ever use graphite or or anything, he's got vintage pencils from all over the world. He's got, you know, new ones and old ones and and from every country. and, uh, And he does a fabulous job of framing. He frames all of my collection, all of my art. I typically, I have my own drawer there. Oh, because I, I well 450 pieces and counting <laughs> or 454 right Shelby
0: he's an important client I'll yes. say <laughs> yes
1: definitely want to give a big plug to Chet over at the Pencilarium slash artworks that's fift, uh, 4513 Sheridan Road in Kenosha Wisconsin yes,
2: yes. Uh, one of the questions that you sent me to prep me for what I was going to go through today was this is um, who was influ- influential. Yeah. With you, Let's go and of that. all my Joseph artists, I would have to say more than any of them, it's Chet. Mm-hmm. It's Chet at at Artworks. Um, he has believed in me from the beginning. He he uh, talked me into doing my very first session. Um, it wasn't the first time I posed because that's on Doug as I'd like to give a plug to Racine <laughs> Theater Guild too. I love yes. the Racine Theater Guild and Doug is and the in the company up there. Uh, we're back doing live shows, and right now they're doing. Uh, Mamma Mia, but I think this probably is going to come out. This podcast is going to come out after that show wraps. Okay, uh, but but uh, I love the Racine Theater Guild, and uh, I now pose at the Worcester Museum, which is right in front of the Racine Theater Guild. So it's kind of fun that that I'm coming, it's coming
1: full circle yeah.
2: and I got a degree from Carthage and and so uh, I posed there and I got a degree from U- University of Wisconsin Milwaukee and I posed there and I went to school at Parkside and I posed there I <laughs> it's like it's like a, a, a thing for me is conquering all these old places and turning them into the new thing that's cool uh uh let's go back to Chet he, he didn't just give me my first opportunity um I'm now the coordinator of the draw that i First posed at, and uh, and I've been to more drawing probably than any artist in this community because I've done so many sessions. Um, but I'm always trying to find my validity, and. It, more so that I've, i got a lot of really like shelby's yeah. always there to talk to about and she understands the art community we're a little quirky in the art community mm-hmm. and so As we've been finding we're, out yeah i'll <laughs> in tell all you the best ways. tell me to come back to puppy dogs and kitty cats in a, in a minute and oh, I, i'll go yes. over that just a little bit but uh, staying on chat um i am insecure almost by my nature you hard to imagine that as dramatic as I am and as outgoing as I am and as passionate as I am I've done so much theater and I've posed these 1200 times Uh, I'm still insecure inside I'm always wondering am am I crazy I even I sit in the studio with Shelby question and I look around (laughs) at the studio I say. Who does? Who, does <laughs> who does this?
0: Who does this? Who does, does stuff this? like this? Who
2: has 450 pieces of art? My in answer self? is always you. Who, who <laughs> built you. a 3,000 square foot studio to to let artists draw free <laughs> in? And, and you? Who, who, I, my gosh! And so I'm looking for validity all the time, mm-hmm. and especially on my trajectory going forward. One of the first places I'm gonna go if I need a if I need a. a a solid answer that has my interest at heart. I'm gonna go over and hang out at Artworks a little bit and I'm gonna talk to Chad about it. So he's the most influential person. And he is, by the way, a fabulous Joseph Art. He's I think we got probably six or seven pieces. He's a reluctant artist though. Because <laughs> he's always got seven hundred million things he's doing and he doesn't have time to draw. And I right. think he should do it, should draw more. Uh, it's 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 fuel for the soul, it's healing.
0: It's beautiful, detailed uh, graphite
2: works mm. usually. Mm. If you're I'll listening, be- Chet, please draw.
0: Yes, please draw, Chet, please if draw, you're listening.
2: Please <laughs> draw if you're listening, Chet. Mm. Okay, let's go back to kitty, kitty yes. cats and puppy dogs just for a moment. Um, I believe this, this is kind of made up by me. Uh, uh, this is a Josephism. Uh, I had to try to figure out how to deal with two different types of artists that I were coming into contact with a lot. Uh, and so I, I, for lack of a better way to do it, I, I categorize them as a, either puppy dogs or kitty cats. And I think kitty cats and puppy dogs are wonderful. They, you know, you pet them and they purr and they, they come and they, they're the man's best friend. Uh, uh, so I'm not saying anything derogatory about either way, but here's, here's how it happens. When I am enthusiastic as a model and I'm hungry for the art, and you know now because I've told you my story why, because it means so much to me because it's windows into my own well-being. It's healing for me. Well, if it's a, if it's a a puppy dog artist and I walk over and I say, oh my goodness, that's such a good piece. Oh man, I could frame that. A puppy dog artist will go, oh, oh, you like it? Oh, look, look at this one I did over here and I could do another one. And I have these two over here. Would you like to take these home? I can, you can have all of these if you want them. And puppy dogs love that I love their art. And uh, uh, and they don't mind at all that when I look at it, I think of it as something I would like to possess and put in the collection and become part of my pharmacy of healing pictures that, that heal the soul inside of me that always thought he was the loser. Now, let's counter that with a kitty cat. I walk up to a kitty cat artist and I say, Oh, look at the art you did in me. I would love to frame that and have that in my collection. The kitty cat goes, Oh, you you like my art, huh? Hmm. There. Maybe I'll show it to you if I think you deserve it to see it later. Um the difference is, is really this. And I found out that it, it, it's, it comes down to basically their own self-image. If they, if they, the ones that are successful, and this is important, the ones that are successful in seeing themselves as creating a high-value product, when they draw, they are aware of their talent and they are aware of the, the way they can move the viewer. When the viewer stands in front of a piece, they are going to be affected And when they realize that they're that good, they're very careful about giving art away or letting other people have, try to take some value of that. And that's a self-preservation and that's also a badge of honor because if they get to that point where they're being reserved about it, then that means they're really valuing themselves highly. And I respect the hell out of that. And there's a part of me that, wants their art more (laughs) because of that, but I also know I've got to be very careful of them. I think it's kind of like this. Molly Johnson up at Denmark explained it to me this way. She says, if I'm doing a commission piece of a portrait for someone and I'm charging them uh, one and a half to $2,000 to do this piece, then how can I justify asking them for those dollars and valuing my art that high if I'm just going to go to a community draw and give you a piece of my art for free? Mm -hmm. So to keep it framed as high value and to keep their own self-image of their own worth, they develop this, it's almost a defensive technique. But the problem for me is that I'm so invested in the craft. I am So passionate, I'm so outgoing, and I'm so hungry for the art, especially from them, because their work is exquisite, that when I come forward with so much energy, they are automatically pulling back from me. I make them nervous, like... A room full of rocking chairs with a, with a, a long-tailed cat there. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So they actually become protective of me, and, and and they think in terms of I if I'm a good model, then they're very appreciative of the craft that I've shown. They're very willing to give me the dollars, the whatever, $20 an hour, whatever is being paid. That's the common rate for university work. Uh, and, and they... They're thankful for it, but they don't want me to think of their art as something that I created. They want to maintain the this this uh, this entire package of their value, which I respect enormously. But I also am frustrated okay. enormously by it. And, yeah. and puppy dogs, they give me art hand over fist, and I <laughs> uh, but I I will buy it also from, I and I have, uh, Molly Johnson, who I respect enormously. She's one of the best Joseph artists that's ever drawn me. And she believed in me early on in my career and gave me a spot. That one piece that you see there was done by Jack Schnabel. That was done at Molly Johnson's Institute. It was an atelier school that she had in Denmark. And um, she really poured her heart and soul into it. It has since closed because art, schools like that uh they have a hard time maintaining yeah. mem- uh, enough people to keep the place afloat and if it becomes a burden right anything that becomes a burden to us we're not going to continue and this is denmark wisconsin denmark was right? not denmark was the other say. country i would like to pose all over the that world that been an
1: interesting place <laughs> i would like to pose all over the world yeah denmark wisconsin is up by green bay i think right just south of green Bay. yes yeah.
2: it's about uh it's about 10, 15 minutes south east of green bay okay 15, 20 miles. So where do you want to go next? You want to talk about the studio or you want to talk about the future or what? We're going to get into all that,
1: but it might be a good time for us to take a break. We're going to take
0: a quick break.
1: We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: Hey, Marvelous Makers.
1: And Art Appreciators.
0: If you like our podcast.
1: There's a good chance you like figure art as well.
0: Yes, perhaps you were introduced to drawing from the figure when you were in college and have long enjoyed going to community draws.
1: Or maybe you've always appreciated figure art but didn't have an opportunity to try it yourself or didn't know where to go or when or even if you'd be welcome there or if you'd feel out of place.
0: Well, if you'd like to be a part of this ancient craft, we have the solution for you.
1: We happen to have a world-class drawing studio right here in our own community, located within the 16th Street Art Studios, which is housed at the Racine Business Center, 1405 16th Street.
0: Draw Joseph Studio is the creation of Joseph Vigneri, one of the most prolific life models around.
1: Yeah, hasn't he posed, like, almost 1,200 times?
0: Yes, and he's introduced over 50 model proteges to the craft of life modeling as well. Wow. They constantly have new variety of models to draw from. Free weekly figure draws are every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. till 8.30 p.m.
1: Wait, did you say free?
0: Yes, tipping the model is encouraged, but there is no fee to draw.
1: Tuesdays at six, you said? Every Tuesday?
0: Yes and yes. Doors are open at 5.30, so come early and get the best spot. Oh, and Draw Joseph Studio also has two monthly draws, on the 4th Friday at 6 p.m. is a special long pose, and every 2nd Sunday at 1 p.m. is a portrait session.
1: So 2nd Sunday and 4th Friday for specials, but every Tuesday night for a regular open session?
0: Yes, and there's always snacks too.
1: I love snacks. Me too. Draw Joseph's studio at the Racine Business Center, 1405 16th Street.
0: Park inside the main gate on the northeast side of the center and go straight into the tunnel. The studio is the very first studio inside the building.
1: Questions? Go to Draw Joseph Studio Facebook.
0: Alrighty, guys, and welcome back from our little break. We just got done talking with Joseph about kitty cat um, artists and puppy dog artists. Um, So jumping back into the round of questions... Uh, one question that kind of uh, came up was um, How did COVID affect kind of um, life modeling for us at the studio?
2: <laughs> oh my goodness, did it ever? Um, we, we are right now sitting in the central workroom at Lemon Street, and this was the location for the Tuesday night open draw. When Chet uh, moved his shop over here onto Sheridan Road, uh, just up the street from us here. Uh, we didn't know what we were going to do with the draw because he no longer had a place to do it in the basement. And so for a year or so, there was a gallery over here, two blocks over uh, across on the other side of the park, Union Park, uh, that was called Left of the Lake Gallery. And they housed the uh, Tuesday night open draw. While I was, I was a model there, but I was not the coordinator, Chet and uh, his friends that were doing, Jeanette uh, and uh, Julie, we're all doing it. Uh, Julie Janovitz and uh, Jeanette Hill. Jeanette Hill. Yes. I couldn't remember her last name for a second. She's over in England right now oh. uh, visiting. So anyways, when that closed down, we needed a place to go with it. Chet was okay with me taking over the reins as a coordinator. And we moved it here to the Lemon Street Gallery. And uh, many sessions were done in this room. And uh, I was booking out models because I, I know a lot of models and I've trained a lot of models which we'll get to in a moment, but uh, we were in this room, and at times, if you've ever been at Lemon Street during one of their gallery opens, that center room seems like one of the bigger rooms, but actually when you put a dais in here and a model and you put artists in here, I think the most we had in here was... Fifteen, I think. Fifteen. Fifteen, 15 people in this And we just lined up. <laughs> And that was before we took a wall out. Yeah. We lined yeah. up the four by eight tables and we'd put two and three people at each table and there was three rows Crammed of tables like and everybody. And literally, <laughs> literally, I, there, I think there was one or two nights where we had somebody walk in the front door here at the gallery and take a look in the room. and I literally just, had to
0: turn people away.
2: They had to walk out because there was yeah. no way for them to physically see the pose because right. the room was too full. And uh, I would pose here about once a month and I would coordinate all the rest, uh, Shelby or at the time Lynn Johnson was helping with uh, with doing the, uh, keeping the, the, do- have the door open <laughs> and take the fee. And uh, and we kept it going when I was modeling elsewhere because I was working for 17 different venues.
1: Wow.
2: People say when COVID hit, they lost a job. I say, I got fired 17 times. <laughs> and the kicker was that one of them was me because I was the coordinator of this Tuesday night right. draw I shut it down just like everybody else shut down everything because yeah. COVID, by its nature, is a transmissible disease, and yeah. you're not supposed you're supposed to avoid crowded places. So within a very short period of time, Shelby realized that I was um, coming apart at the seams because basically my whole career had had shuddered to a screeching halt every all the universities sent their kids home on spring break and said don't come back they went to virtual right. all of the drawers shut down all over the state that i was uh, currently employed by including my own and i was in a very deep depression
0: basically his prescription for his medicine was no longer being filled yeah and I saw that.
2: Exactly. <laughs> uh, Alex, uh, her her uh, wonderful partner, is mm-hmm. one of my protégés, and he volunteered uh, to draw me. He also is an artist, Joseph Artist, and uh, just to, so I would pose and do something. And when we were talking about it, we said, hey, let's maybe send this out on Google Hangouts or something and let the p- people know if, if we can figure out how to let them know and uh, and we we did it in this room it was shelby and i and alex mm-hmm. alex was drawing i was posing and shelby was running the it and it was it was, we balanced a laptop for the laptop computer oh, on boy. top of two boxes, on top of a chair to point it at there. And we were we were having trouble getting out and people say, yeah, we tuned in, but it was horrible. It was pixelated and
0: as ever. We're right
2: underneath a, a, a Verizon tower right here. That's one yeah. block away and it's huge. It's monstrous. Uh, and we couldn't get out. So that was our very first one. And I was thinking to myself, How are we going to do this? Because you're supposed to have six feet between people. And if Shelby's in here and I'm in here and Alex is in here, one artist, we pretty much have now used up our social distancing. And if you bring two more artists in here, you're already violating the rules. And how, how do we do a draw? I knew that I had to find some way to make people feel safe. And what I needed was control of the environment. I needed a bigger room. And I needed to be able to put a plexiglass, like everybody was putting, every yeah. store everywhere was putting plexiglass up in front of their cashiers. Mm-hmm. So, that, so I needed plexiglass between the artist stations and I needed to treat the air somehow. And I needed a place to do that. So that gave birth to going to the Racine Business Center, which houses 16th Street Art Studios. And I asked them, can I have some space? Uh, another friend of ours, Enzo, was already there. And so I went in partners with him and we got a 500 square foot space. And I told Racine Business Center, what I plan to do is have a huge draw. And so I'm looking for more space. This was to get my foot in the door and to prove the concept, to do proof of concept by building the plexiglasses and having artists come. And my goodness, they started coming right away. We switched to Verizon. We switched to Zoom. Uh, We got uh, good equipment set up and and cables where there was a station where she was on her laptop and monitoring what the camera was seeing and we were broadcasting it and gatekeeping people Mm -hmm. coming in. There was times we had 15, 18, 20 people Mm -hmm. during the COVID that was watching it. So the Tuesday night draw stayed alive suddenly through this experiment Uh, very shortly after we had that place within i think it was six months later we moved into the 1500 square foot studio on the fourth floor the problem with the 1500 square foot studio (laughs) was it was it, it was rectangular so how do you put a draw in the center of that so what i ended up doing was having half of the room was the draw and then i half of the room was a gallery so i could start hanging oh, my art that's nice i've done some shows around the state we did one in appleton we did one at left lake gallery we, we did, did one here there. at london street uh but it, it, it's a heavy lift to, to send out 110 pieces of art uh to a gallery and have it have it hung there it'd be nice to have my own gallery so i built that but we were quickly outgrowing it uh i built a uh, air uh A UVC light air filtration system inside the dais so that when artists come and draw, the breathing, the breath of the model is not getting to the artist and the breathing of the artist is not getting to the model because it's getting sucked into the dais and getting clean and expelled back into the room. And it had become very successful to the point that we sometimes had a full house. We'd have nine or ten artists, and we were bust, we were tight and crammed in there. If we had two more people come, I don't know if we would have had the floor space for them. So that gave birth to the new studio, which is down on the first floor, very accessible, 3,000 square feet. It has the entire collection all on one wall in one room, <clears throat> and the... Actual draw theater is world class. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's out of this world. And uh, beautiful. And I love it when artists come in and walk in and see it for the first time. They come around the corner and their eyes just grow big Aww. and they look around the room and they go, <laughs> holy holy They had never seen anything like it because a, a really, really well-made draw theater doesn't exist. Drawing is the bastard child of the art world. It lives in other people's shadows. It like it was here, you do the draw and then when the easels are put away it turns back into a gallery mm-hmm. or it turns back into a store, or it turns back into a church cafeteria draws are being done all over the place in some because they don't generate a lot of money it's 5 or 10 dollars fee to go in and uh, how can you pay for the overhead on a big place you right. can't make the money on it and so uh, draws live where they can they live in a in a classroom that's going to teach geography next hour right uh, and 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 also there is a oh, you do that kind of art or you, you, you know, I, I don't really want to buy a naked picture of somebody and put them on my living room. So there's a, there's a kind of a bias against it anyway. Yeah. The culture is a little uptight about nudity and so that, that uh, bleeds off into the art world. So in so many ways, on so many levels, figure art, life art, is, it's quietly happening in our communities, but it's not mainstream. And Draw Joseph Studios, the exact opposite. <laughs> loud, and uh, proud. <laughs> loud and proud. and it's a huge studio and I'm trying to get every artist that's ever done life drawing in the greater Racine mm-hmm. Kenosha area to come and just draw. And I'm uh, going to do a PR film and uh, start doing outreach to high school art teachers in the entire area, including the Milwaukee area, and get them to know that this is here. And back when I was a um, MSW and I was working in the the addictions field, I used to do a lot of lectures. I was even a certified trainer for people who were being recertified for alcohol and other drug abuse. And so I know how to give a lecture. I know how to give a talk. And I want to offer myself to these teachers, say, let me come in and let me talk about modeling a little bit. Let me talk about the studio. Let me talk about my goals. Uh, One of the goals I had early on was to... I started doing a thing called proteges, and the reason I did proteges was this: when I first posed, it was so transformative and it was so impactful that every time I did a session, I would have a sense of being uplifted for a week to two weeks. It was it was like a drug. It was it was a it wasn't a drug as in I'm high. Yeah. It was a drug as in I'm cleared I'm yeah. healed this is a healing balm that's happening and I'm floating through life happier than I've been in decades but it would like everything does it would wear off and also when I would do it again I'd get charged again but not quite as much as the last time and every time it gets a little less and a little less because that trans- that's transforming moment when I was on the dais and discovered all these things That was one time. You can never get your first time back again. And every time was just an imitation of it. Still healing, still very fulfilling, but not with that edge until I started inviting people along with me. And who does life modeling? Who is it? It's... It's everybody. It's anybody. It's not runway models. It's the Sally, the waitress at the restaurant. It's Walter, the the defense attorney at the bar. It's Jerry who fixes your car's brakes. It's yeah. it's anybody, it's everybody. And when I would take somebody and I would be, I just, you, you've already realized as we've gone on this podcast that you put a quarter in me and I go, <laughs> and so anytime, anywhere, everywhere, I am unabashed. I'm filled with passion. I talk about modeling and invariably people say, so would you, would you let me do it? And I do proteges completely organically. I don't, ask people Mm -hmm. if they want to do it, but people can ask me. And when they do, then I immediately respond, yes, here's the process. Mm -hmm. And by doing this, by bringing them in, doing an orientation, kind of like a teaching, a teaching class, uh, uh, then I schedule them and they go up on the dais and I tell every protege, you, when you pose the first time you have to answer three questions. Number one, can you come out of that robe?" In a room full of people who are not going to be naked with you, they're dressed and they're not going to look away because that's the societal norm. If I, my bitty bits are showing and you walk in the room, I'm supposed to cover. And if you walk in the room and you see that my bitty bits are showing, you're supposed to turn away and say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were in here. Well, at this weird thing, life modeling, I don't cover and you don't look away. Just the opposite. You look intently at me, and I say to my proteges, "Everything you think about yourself, everything you've been told about you—that uh, th- th- somebody said negative—that's stuck in you. That this is too big or too small or too long or too fat or too short or too whatever. Every time you look in the mirror, there's things that oh, I still got—I work on that. Oh, I hate that about myself, or this feature isn't good enough. It's going to come into play up there. And so, can you come out of the rope, knowing that?" everything's on view. You're completely exposed and completely vulnerable. And number two, while you're doing this remarkable, amazing thing, can you hold still? (laughs) That's tough. (laughs) Yes. People say life modeling is hard. I don't know if I could do that. And what they're talking about is coming out of the robe. I say, yeah, I know it is really hard. And what I'm talking about is holding still. <laughs> you get over the fact, or most, most protégés get over the fact that they're naked within the first minute or two of the pose. Mm-hmm. And then there's the hard work of keeping. Your body does not like holding still. No, And mm-hmm. uh, people ask me which, uh, which poses feel good and which poses hurt. And I say they all hurt. It's just a question <laughs> of how long. Uh, this pose I can hold for 30 seconds. Forget about holding it for 45. This pose over here, I can hold for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. But what is it? It's just how is it supported and how dynamic is it and how, how uh, uh, comfortable are you when you start? I always say to my protégés, if something's hurting, when you begin a pose, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. It's going to be harder and harder and harder. And the worst thing to do is to break. And what I realized is by teaching people this, simple craft and taking them through their first moments on the dais that I was there in a privileged position as the mentor right next to them while they take those steps across that little magical rectangle that I did so long ago. So it's almost like they're Experience their spiritual path right now that I'm helping with is like this campfire that I can warm myself on, because I am privileged enough to have a front row seat, a place of honor even because I'm guiding them and I'm making sure they're safe. When I first posed and when a lot of first poses happen for life models, it's throwing the deep end of the of the pool, sink or swim. I went the first time. I did, I said. Who makes the poses? Do you guys make them, or do I make them? John says to me, he goes, "Oh, go ahead and do whatever you want. We'll let you know if you're doing something stupid." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I get these note to self moments where you you set something, you think, "Oh, that's going to look really good in a pose, and I can hold that no problem." And about three minutes in the pose, you realize. It's hard to hold that limb, that direction, that long. And then at the end of the pose, note to self, yeah, don't ever do that again. (laughs) Did you ever, like, practice early on? Oh, uh, sure. Every model does. Watching TV? (laughs) You're you're laboring. I tell all the protégés, they say, the sources are endless. If you are a dancer or you're an actor or you're a yoga uh, practitioner or instructor, or any of those things, if you're very dramatic in your life anyway, then you can draw off of all of that you can draw off of sports uh there's, there's all kinds of poses that different sports people make when they're in the uh, one of the one of the common requests by professors is to do a series like for example uh the artists the students have one piece of paper and on that piece of paper they draw five consecutive poses and what they are is me doing five poses of movement that are in a series uh, the first one is i have a tennis racket in one hand and a ball but they're they're fake i'm just pantomiming them and they draw that then i Bounce the ball and I lean forward, they draw that. Then I toss the ball up in the air and I get ready to strike it with the racket and they draw that. And then I follow through the racket hitting the ball and they draw that. And on their paper, then you see this series of poses all anchored from the same place with the same anatomy doing different stretches. And that's not easy to just pull out of your hat, especially if you're the first time. So one of the things I do with my proteges is I say, it's Doing this the first time, there's a lot of things we have to go over, especially protocol, because we keep safe, even though we're naked, because we are doing it in a way that's proscribed before we arrive. I said, besides that, the rest of modeling is learning how to pose. And I can't teach you everything. I can teach you a lot of tricks, but you've got to discover in your own body what poses feel good for you and look good for you and work for you and draw off your own experience. If you're a yoga person, I have a Shanna just did, was a protege a couple weeks ago. Mm did some fabulous yoga poses. And she's familiar with these poses because she does them all the time. So she knows I can do that one for five minutes. I can do that other one for 10 minutes. I can do this one for 15 minutes. She's aware of her body. And over time, that's what every model has to learn is what can they do and what can't they do. And you end up having a repertoire. I have a whole bunch of poses that, and Shelby mm-hmm. helped me take yes. photos of them. And we got art made of it.
0: Made a catalog.
2: We made a catalog and I have, I do know 30 or 40 named poses so you just say the name and i can pop into the pose because i've already taught it through like for example i'll give you a quick one that you can uh, we can do on the podcast because i can describe it visually quickly i put a stool in the center of the dais i jump up on the stool which everybody gasps oh no he's gonna fall and i crouch up there like a gargoyle on the edge of a building Mm. and once i get into position i go he wants me precious who took me precious because <laughs> the pose is Gollum 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 yeah. and and invariably when I do it in front of uh, college students they giggle and laugh and that, that endears me to them and then they adopt me as their model because I'm alive up there right. I'm holding still but I'm I'm exhibiting something that they can they can grab a hold of not just by graphically what are the lines and shapes that make up this pose, mm-hmm. but what is being in what is the information here? What's the personality? What's the color of this pose? Is it a frightening pose? Is it a fun pose? What is it? And that that proteges won't have the first time. So when a protege goes up on the dais, I'm right there with them. Every single pose is negotiated. I say, what do you, would you like to do? Let's do a standing pose. Okay, do you want a staff in your hand? Do you want to face this way? Do you want to face that way? And I help them set it up and look good. And my artists love that because my draw is a protege teaching draw. Uh, they love coming because they're always getting different looks. They're always doing, getting different anatomies. They're getting different ages. They're getting different uh, female, male, and, and uh all kinds of, with hair, with a, Chris stands on his head and he's bald like me. And, and, uh, and uh, uh, Tom has the, Tom has the, Ponelt has the big oh, goatee dear. and, and they all have their own. Walter, he's just fabulous. Picture a 76 year old grizzled <laughs> defense attorney. That's Walter. <laughs> it's just, it's just a fabulous flavor that goes through there, which brings me to something else I wanted to talk about. And that is what I am trying to do. Oh, wait, where, number where, three. What's what? Number three.
0: You only said one and two. Number three is making sure that the. Oh,
2: open. yes, yes, yes. The three things. Oh, yeah, thank you. There I digress. And see, yes. She tends me. She takes care of me all the time. Uh, they Proof have,
0: that I've heard this before.
2: <laughs> in, oh, many, many times. Uh, matter of fact, there's yes. times that Shelby and others who know me really good, when they see me talk to somebody new and I begin one of my we little things, their eyes roll. They're like, oh, there he goes. <laughs> so anyways, uh, the first time a person poses in life, they have to answer three questions. One, can I come out of the robe? Mm-hmm. Two, can I hold still? And most importantly, three, are you okay? Because
0: you're battling demons up there. You might, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: you might have, you might, I thought I might have to to fight with my bullies. I didn't. Yeah. I found freedom, but not everybody finds the same freedom that I found. Some people go up there and it's just enormous. It's an enormous weight. The fact that they are vulnerable and that people are looking at them in that state, it's an enormous weight. And I am like really cautious of that. Uh, I learned my lesson early on. I've got to pay real close attention during the first and second pose to make sure they're okay. uh, and and let them come back out of the pose. And I always tell the protégés, I like, look, what you're doing here is amazing. You're giving your most intimate vulnerability has a privilege to people to make art out of. I said, no, you don't owe anybody anything here. You don't owe me. You don't owe the studio. You don't owe the artist. You owe it to yourself to be okay. So I say, you're in charge when I, when it's time to go, I'm going to say, you still, okay. You want to do it. And once you go in it, I'm going to check on you. How are you doing up there? Are you okay? Do you need to stop? Whatever. I'm always going to make sure that they're okay, because I think it's a magical amazing thing that we do. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that if they go in, I'm very careful with them so that they'll like it and want to do it more. I don't want to have any negative experiences. Yeah.
1: You kind of curate it for them a little bit.
2: Now I finished the one, two, three. Yes. Yes. Can you come out of the robe? Mm -hmm. Can you hold still? And are you okay? In teaching my proteges, in doing my own poses, in building the studio, I affect the experience of figure art in our community. But in all of that, it's just my little pond. I struggled a little bit when I started this career path because people knew me as a, as a therapist or people knew me as, a, as a, uh, somebody acts on stage and is part of the dramatic core of this community and all of a sudden i'm doing this new thing and a lot of people couldn't separate it out a lot of the people when i started posting my art on social media got really upset with me some unfollowed me some unfriended me a lot of snickers happened behind my back oh did you hear that thing joseph's doing he's like like it's chippendale lap dances Mm -hmm. he's making money by being naked and it was scandalous and when they saw my art They could not separate out art from their friend, Joseph. Mm -hmm. What they were not, they were not seeing a a great piece of art made of a male anatomy. They were seeing their friend Joseph naked because they know me, they couldn't separate it out. And I lost some friends. I lost friends as a result of choosing to do this. I couldn't not do this, not after I discovered the healing power of it, but I had to pay a price. To exercise the demons of the bullies of my past, I had to put up with bullying in the fu- in the present. Um, I actually uh, uh, left a, a local five hundred C because the uh, a, a member of the board considered that I had sexually as, uh, abused her by inviting her to come and draw. She did not hear, "Hey, would you like to come and have this art experience?" She heard, "Hey, would you like to come and see me naked?" Mm-hmm. and struggling with that. And because figure art is held away from the public's view to a large extent, even the art, isn't often shown at, at art in the park that's coming up. You will see some figure art there, but you won't see many nudes if right. you see any at all. Um,
0: Missy will actually have some nudes she's had before. Love her Yay! stuff. Female nudes, yes.
2: Yay, Missy. I love Missy. Shout out to Missy.
0: And Carly, her ceramics. Oh. Shout out be to there. Missy Carly. and shout out to Carly. Yes, um, but yes. <laughs> I
2: want to... I want to get more of a European attitude going about I often said if I take off all my clothes and strike a pose on the sidewalk in Paris within five minutes, somebody's going to be drawing me. They're going to pull some piece of paper out of a purse or a back pocket and their pencil and they're going to start drawing me. But if I take off all my clothes and strike a pose on a sidewalk in New York City within a few minutes, I'm going to be a guest of the city and have these fancy bracelets to wear because yeah. the attitude in this country is different. Now, how can I change that? The way I think that I can change that is if I can take the, the, the two products I have. One is this experience that protégés have, that I had, and that my protégés have, of giving our... I, I'm going to put up a plaque in my model changing room that says this. If you have the courage to show them, they will reward you and let you look through their eyes and perhaps catch a glimpse of your soul. Hmm. For me, it's almost a spiritual exercise to do this. And that experience of a protege going up there and taking that kind of risk is interesting. And the art is interesting. And if I can find a way to get that product in front of hundreds of thousands of millions of people, then I will change the attitude about it by the popularity. So I've been thinking about a lot of different ideas, but I'm closing in on one, and that is similar to what you guys are doing here is get technically savvy and start a YouTube channel and start producing a show that's a short, brief film, like I'm thinking anywhere from six to 10 minutes that every episode introduces you to another real protege, takes them through some of the questions and answers about why they do this thing and what they find there and what propels them to take this kind of enormous risk and this kind of vulnerability and then show them with a couple of artists in each episode with a time lapse of the art that's made and the interactions oh you made that yeah i did oh you are a good model and oh great i want to do this again you're a great artist and those moments always happen because Mm -hmm. there's those two beating hearts yeah and if i can humanize this experience and put it on film and get it out there just maybe I will raise the level of the water in the ocean and float everybody's boat. You don't know
1: it, but that's one of my catchphrases on this show. Oh, really? A, lo- <laughs> a rising tide lifts all ships. A rising tide lifts all ships. Yes. Yeah. And, and I totally agree with you. Yeah. It's all about, it's, and that's why Shelby's cracking up like, right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> but no, it's, yeah, you, and you, it's about making it more accessible. you know. Exactly. If you, if you show it to the people, they'll, they'll understand. There's something human about it. So
2: if Folks watch TV shows like Naked and Afraid, and they see these people that take their clothes away from them and they put them in extreme circumstances, like mm-hmm. a jungle in Africa. And people will sit on their couches and watch this show and think to themselves, hmm, if it was me, would I tap out on day seven when the mosquitoes were biting my butt in the middle of the night in a... Poorly built lean-to shed that I and this other person that I never met before made naked. The truth of the matter is the answer to the question is they would never find out. They will never, ever go to Africa. They will never go in the jungle. They will never be naked in a lean-to that they built. But anybody, if you hear my voice right now on this podcast, if you watch, if I make these episodes and I have a YouTube channel and you see any Life Model Protege episode, I don't care who you are. All you have to have is a pulse and a body to have that pulse in, and you could do this. There are no, there are no exclusions. Oh, as a matter well, of fact, having
0: you, the right intentions, yes. Yeah, but ha- we're yes, not going to yes, get into that. That's but a, but a whole having, other topic. Yes, but, but having the right if intentions. If
2: you're interested yes. in 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 taking a risk to give yourself your vulnerable self as an object of art then there are artists who are willing to draw you. And in that place, you might just find what I found, and your life might change. And if I can take that idea and sell it on a big stage, I might just affect the entire industry. I would love to see community draws opening up all over the country. I would love to see uh, uh, new... Uh, young students entering art programs and signing up and wanting to do figure art. I'm going to start with our communities here. Um, One of your usual questions is what do you see as necessary in the communities? And what I see is we had before COVID, uh, both in the Racine and the Kenosha community, we had a lot of uh, uh, networking and mutual support that was going on. There was Get Behind the Arts and there was a a morning breakfast group that went all around in Racine and went to different art installations. There was second Saturday that we had here in Kenosha. I think Lemon Street is one of the only ones left that is doing it. And uh, it's become fragmented because uh, gathering is suspect during the pandemic. And I understand that but i also understand that it's more important now during the pandemic than ever because the pandemic makes us look at each other and say are you a threat to me could you hurt me if i come close to you are you going to give me an illness that's going to make me sick or make my mom sick or and i'm looking at your humanness as a threat to me and Life art is exactly the opposite. Life art allows you to look at that human being as vulnerable and sensitive and beautiful and an object of beauty and a a good thing to capture in your art with your skills. And that's what we need more of. We need more art, especially during the pandemic. Right. And so what do I think? I just went to Art Roots. uh, 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 It was the first time they had met in Racine, Art Roots and it's a gathering of all the different people and trying to get them to talk to each other and I got some new people that come in the draw and I thought it was wonderful and if I ever strike a revenue if I if I hit the mother load with this if I get a successful YouTube channel and I get a lot of revenue it's coming right back to the Racine and Kenosha community and the idea is going to be to pump up the art world in every way possible Art in the Park is a mm-hmm. fabulous thing Second Saturday even if it is only Lemon Street that's doing it is still a <laughs> fabulous thing we should get back to Uh, our our get behind the arts kinds of movements and networking movements and 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 have everybody know everybody that's what's important Mm -hmm. if we're a thriving community then we'll draw energy in if we're off by ourselves and never even rubbing shoulders because we won't want to go to the opens anymore because Mm -hmm. we're scared then uh arts will struggle
1: right Mm Yeah, I completely agree. We have like the Kenosha Art Market. and and Yay! That's chances for people to come together. And I think for people that aren't part of the community or feel like they aren't an artist, it's for them to get exposed to this and realize they can do that. And it's coming up. Plug it. What is it? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) June 19th is the first date of the Kenosha Art Market. Every third?
0: Every third Sunday of the month. Every
1: third Sunday of the month. 10 if, to 2 PM. if by chance this is not coming out until after that, mm. then it would be July twenty third, oh, Sunday. third Sunday. There we go. Third yeah, Let's not keep it complicated. <laughs> yes,
0: third Sunday of the month.
1: But yeah, and I want to invite anybody that's listening right now that that thinks they they can't do it or they it's not right for them or they're too busy or they don't have the time.
0: I'm for... not an artist. I can't yeah. participate. You don't have to you be can an artist. Be. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: and just come on in and mm-hmm. and and stop on by and check local out local art
0: yeah talk Definitely. to people
2: talk yeah. to your artists let me dovetail on that with one final thing to say and you said one of your questions what is what is one of your favorite pieces of art yeah that you own it's that one that's sitting right next to you jake if you want to pick it up it's it's jerry it, it, <laughs> jerry the dairy it's
0: farmer. jerry the
2: dairy farmer and it's a it's a um uh, it's not a complex piece. It's real simply drawn. It looks like it was dri- drawn by a, a, a teenager. Um, he spent more time drawing the thing I was sitting on yeah. <laughs> than, than and this piece more than any exhibits to me what life art means to me. I was at my 400th pose. Whenever I have 100, I like to bring a bottle of Asti Spamanthi and so mm-hmm. we were having a break time and this 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 guy came over by me and he was a little shorter than me and i noticed he had a piece of straw on his lapel of his of his and he smelled very strongly of the farm of manure, And uh, I talked to him, and he said to me, he was, he was kind of apologetic, and he said, I know you said you didn't want tips tonight, and I know you said you wanted a piece of art, and I said, and this is what I made, and you can have it if you want, but it's not very good, and he held out this tattered little piece of yellow paper with a very elementary figure on it. And the guy who runs the draw, Jeff, came over and he said, "Uh, this is my friend, Jerry. He's never drawn before. He's he's a farmer. He does a dairy farm. And he was late tonight coming to the session because he had to milk the girls. He had to milk the cows and then he could come. And this was the very first drawing that Jerry, the dairy farmer, had ever done in life of a human being posing in the nude in front of him. And, he, and it's all tatters, ripped out along the edges and stuff. And he says, you can have this if you want. And I said to him then, and I mean it even still today, that there were a lot of marvelous pieces being made there that night. But this piece shines. Because this piece says everything I think about life art. It's that it's two human beings come together. And a magical thing happens in between when this art is made. And because it's his first piece ever, because it was made by hands that just got done milking his herd of cows and feeds us with these hands, this piece has a glow all of its own. And it says to to me and to everybody, I hope, but here's the story, is that art belongs to all of us. And there's nothing special that's necessary if you ever want to be a life model except courage. And there's nothing special that's required if you ever want to be an artist except courage. Absolutely. Do it.
1: Do it. Do it.
0: That's the biggest hurdle is um, what you've mentioned many times on the podcast is just getting out there, doing stuff. It's, it's a big hurdle to take, to take on the title of I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to do something and produce this. I'm going to get up there and model. And so um, it's just doing it
2: <laughs> yeah don't compare yourself uh, your Just first drawing it. is magical anybody's first drawing of me I'm going they say yeah, I'm going to the stick figure I'm like, yay <laughs> come and do a stick figure yay I don't care it's your first drawing we're going to meet it there that's that's remarkable it's remarkable yeah so yeah
0: and bringing it back to the collection um I love working with this collection I've worked with it for going on three years four Four? Oh my goodness going <laughs> on four years it's a blur um but i love this collection because um from an outsider viewing it it is one one subject matter which is joseph but seen through so many different lenses so it's so cool seeing the perspective the technique the skill um there's so much variety um, and we have it grouped by community so we can actually take like a little snippet of this is Kenosha, this is Whitewater. And you can really see um, kind of an overview of that art community there. And I think that's very special.
2: And so. one of my favorite things is, is hanging pieces of art in the gallery behind the artists that made them. I talk about my gallery as being like a, if it's a rocket ship and the, oh. art, and the art is the moonshot then the gallery is the booster. It's the get them up into orbit. They see their own art that they just made and say, oh, this isn't very good, but Joseph cares about it enough that he framed it and it's hanging there behind them. That will make them want to draw even more, go to the edge of the envelope of their own talent and push just a little bit further. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and they can look back on their older work and kind of do a comparison and just say, I've grown so
2: they always do like John Cruz oh that old one let's put a new one in that yeah. frame can we swap
0: that one out for this other one I did the other night yeah so. but um yeah it it's a very beautiful collection definitely thank you you're Yay. welcome
2: and it's partially that good because Shelby takes such good care of it we no. curate them all every just single photograph
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> um so, so yeah.
1: is, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, well the, the where the, can people go we to we still have the Tuesday
2: at open draw that I first posed at way back in September 29th, 2015. And it's still going. It happens at uh Jaw Joseph Studio at the Racine Business Center right off sixteenth Street. Uh it runs from six to eight thirty at night and it is free. Tipping the model is encouraged. The model gets to keep everything that goes in the tip jar. And uh, I am opening up two new draws to try to expand it a little bit. They're going to be every second Sunday with a portrait session, a two hour portrait session. Cause some people don't like to draw just a full figure and fast progressive poses. They like to do somebody's facial features and really take their time with it. So they need two hours. And it's the same thing with uh, some people want to do full figure, a full pose, but have a long pose for it. So every fourth, Friday is going to be a long pose. So every Tuesday night, every second Sunday portrait, every fourth Friday long pose. All right. Is, is there a website people can go to for more information
1: or well, a Facebook say
2: page? It's prob- under
0: construction right probably
2: now. Probably the the website is going to change. It's drawjoseph.com. You can go there. Most of it works, uh, but we're going to change it around uh, as soon as the uh, uh, show starts up and the and the channel. Uh, but you can Facebook. go to Facebook, Draw Joseph Studio. You can go to Instagram, Draw Joseph Studio. Write in those three words. It will come up. Uh, if you want to be on the email, uh, just write joseph at drawjoseph.com and give me your email, and you'll get the... Every Monday, we make a newsletter that says, this week is so-and-so model on Tuesday night and so-and-so model on Sunday, and so you regularly upkeep. I need your email. So get it to me. Another way you can do is Shelby's other life besides (laughs) being my IT genius is she's number one cook and bottle washer here at Lemon Street. And she's always a bright, smiling personality. And you come by here, drop off your email. Oh yeah, I wanted to get on Jaw Joseph's email list. Sure. Leave it with Shelby. She (laughs) will get it to me.
1: Good call. (laughs) So yeah, do that. Definitely. You got any... Things coming up this summer? Any any exciting things in July or August or September? Well,
2: just the draws regularly, but okay. um, I'm real close to doing the, the the very first building blocks of making this TV show, oh, and not right. TV show, the, the YouTube, YouTube, YouTube yeah. channel show. Definitely keep your eyes open for that, everybody. Oh my mm. God, if I actually succeed on this one, keep your fingers crossed, mm. keep your fingers crossed.
0: <laughs> so yeah, definitely right. um, very excited for this new chapter. Of and, my life. Yes, of the Draw Joseph Studio. Um, I've seen us go through many of them, and I'm very excited for this one. Um,
2: I'm going to say something yeah. right back. Yes. Uh, I've watched you grow, oh. and I'm seeing the exact same kind of risk-taking and the same kind of progress with this podcast. It has been oh. an honor to be here and to be the subject. Oh. <laughs> and like She she was at my studio helping me with the email the other day, and she says, uh, we have an opening for podcasts. Are you interested? And I go, yeah! <laughs> yeah, of
1: course I do. Yeah, I'm on it. Well, the honor is all ours. We, we loved having you on. you made my job very easy. Uh, to not have to, I mean, you remembered my questions, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You, you told the story. You did it. So,
1: um, I, I um, we're, we're honored to have you on and mm-hmm. yeah. And, They keep on keeping on. (laughs) Right.
0: Um, We'd like to give a shout out to the band Would You Kindly for our lovely intro and outro music. Um, We also want to shout out um, our Facebook group. We recently made a Facebook group called uh, The Marvelous Makers and the Art Appreciators. So if you like art, um, or if you make art or you want to keep on top of um, kind of any art events, um, you can join our Facebook group. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. You can talk about the episodes um any fun stuff like that? Anything art related? You can
1: get on there and yell at me for being bad at podcasting. No. Wow, I thought ahead. you did great. I welcome it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring it on. Give
0: us feedback. <laughs> um, but um, And then you can also follow us just on Facebook at The Art Space Podcast. Um, on Instagram, The Art Space Podcast. Or The Art Space Pod. Sorry about that. Um, and then you can find us on any streaming platform. Um, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, we've got Spotify, Google podcasts uh apple podcasts and our very own youtube channel so um we're everywhere you can find us um the links will be in the description for all that was mentioned in this lovely lovely episode um and i think that concludes it for this episode yeah yeah we'll, definitely
1: we'll see you next week everybody all
0: righty we'll see you bye, bye.
1: Fire. We need